Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a relationship, dating, and sex coach based in Kansas City, and I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy a good conversation about love, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over, and probably also listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. I want to thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Today, I mean, the show episode should be pretty apparent, you know, with let's finally talk about sex. But when I say let's finally talk about sex, I don't mean let me finally talk about sex on my podcast. I mean, I want to talk to some of the couples out there who don't talk about sex with each other. How do you actually look at your partner and talk about sex if you've never done it before? Talk that is. It really is something that I run into more often than I thought I would when I started off this coaching business. A lot of couples really don't discuss their sex lives. And when I say they don't talk about it, I don't just mean that they don't say the word sex. I mean, they just don't clearly communicate it about it all. They might say, hey, you want to you wanna go upstairs and do it? But do they actually talk about what they want to go upstairs and do? No. Even worse, there's just couples who don't have sex and haven't talked about it in years, and now they're just lost. They're just not even sure where to start. So for those of you out there who might find yourselves in a similar predicament, this episode's for you. Shit, you guys, I almost forgot this podcast episode is going up probably the week of September 4th. So happy World Sexual Health Month. September 4th is World Sexual Health Day. So the World Association of Sexual Health is using the entire month to educate, affirm, and normalize. And this year's theme is sexual pleasure. Sexual pleasure is an important part of sexual health. This year in Mexico City at the World Congress of Sexual Health, the Declaration on Sexual Pleasure recognized that... And I'm going to read this. Sexual pleasure is the physical and or psychological satisfaction and enjoyment derived from shared or solitary erotic experiences, including thoughts, fantasies, dreams, emotions, and feelings. Self-determination, consent, safety, privacy, confidence, and the ability to communicate and negotiate sexual relations are key enabling factors for pleasure to contribute to sexual health and well-being. Sexual pleasure should be exercised within the context of sexual rights, particularly the rights to equality and non-discrimination, autonomy and bodily integrity, the right to the highest attainable standard of health and freedom of expression. The experiences of human sexual pleasure are diverse and sexual rights ensure that pleasure is a positive experience for all concerned and not obtained by violating other people's human rights and well-being. So all this month, I will be talking about sexual pleasure as part of sexual health on all my social media. So do me a favor, find me online, Open the Doors Coaching on Facebook or Open the Doors KC on Instagram and Twitter. I wanna hear your thoughts about sexual pleasure as it relates to sexual health. I also have a couple of email newsletters and will of course be sending a few out this month during World Sexual Health Month. One is 
save for work and you can put any email address in there that you like but I also have one that is not safe for work called the dirty bird so please do make sure that you put a personal email address in for that one there's a couple of ways that you can find that you can go to my website which is openthedoorscoaching.com a pop-up will find its way there or you can go to Instagram and you can click on my bio uh, I'm sorry you can click on a link in my bio and Linktree will take you to all sorts of different items that I've got up there for you two of those buttons are for the email newsletters I send tips and information articles with links to sex in the news and research that might have come up and if you just want to keep up to date on my general goings-on or articles I was quoted in like a recent bustle article I was talking about uh, best places to have sex in a small space so I gave some of my tips for sex on a twin bed I just love to educate and inform any way that I can whether it's on this podcast or in print uh, sometimes I'm on local TV so yeah you want to keep up with what all I'm doing sign up for one of my email newsletters or both for that matter I love hearing from listeners especially when you have sex and relationship related questions so please email me Kristen at OpenTheDoorsCoaching.com. If you'd like, I'm happy to answer your question on an upcoming show. Okay, so let's get started. I mentioned how it is pretty common for couples to not talk about sex. But why? Why is it so hard for people? Let's start off with thinking about socialization. Really, when you think about how taboo sex and sexuality is in our society, even people that had sex ed lacked real sex and relationship education. There wasn't any practice to tell you how to navigate talking to your partner about fantasy or consent and all those things. So of course, since we don't have sex education that's like many European countries that's age appropriate and starts young and, and then kind of escalates and teaches people not only about intercourse and body parts and reproduction, but also teaches us vital skills and how to you know, navigate these waters. There's a lot of fear that can be drudged up for people when they think about talking to their partner about sex. Maybe in the past they tried to talk about it and they faced judgment or they're just thinking about like the what ifs, like what if I finally open up to my partner and they totally laugh in my face or they completely reject me or they tell me I'm crazy or I'm gross or all the things. Well, there's an obvious lack of vulnerability there in those types of relationships. If you don't feel like you're at a level where you can go to your partner and tell them pretty much anything that you're thinking about or you fear judgment or like they won't love you anymore. If you're fearing that no and that rejection, like that's, that's some more stuff we got to talk about here. Um, there's some deeper seated issues in the relationship if that's really what's going on is a deep fear of what they'll do. That's where a therapist or a coach can come in for sure. Other people never had issues before. Whatever was, whatever it was they were doing just sort of worked. Well, now they've aged, our bodies change, our hormone levels change, our interests change, and whatever it was that did the job before and got us off just isn't doing it anymore. And since you didn't talk about it, you're just sort of at a loss. Another big reason we don't 
feel comfortable talking about sex is because we don't grow up feeling like it's okay. I had an author and poet on my show. Um, gosh, I guess it was this winter. Her name's Natasha Rhea Elskari. She actually wrote a book called Mama Sutra. And it's all about sort of a letter from like a mother to a son telling them all the best practices and tips they need to be a good partner, a good husband, a good lover. And something that she addressed in her book was this dismantling of the patriarchal mama. And so I want to read a passage in this book to you real quick. I realize how revolutionary this is, dismantling the patriarchal mom. I'm noticing more than ever that the patriarchy, which limits women, also limits men in their full human expression. You know this, but before I was your mama, I, and while I am your mama, I have an entire life outside of motherhood that includes an active sexual life. You grew up seeing that I have dated or been lovers with men. You have witnessed my joys and heartbreaks. Many women hide this from their children, but I chose not to. Why hide life? Yes, you are to be protected and given age-appropriate information, but letting you know that I am like all other human beings on this planet is a requirement to end the patriarchal nonsense of the virgin mama. My marriage to your father ended because we couldn't sort out our intimacy. This is the naked truth. We literally had everything materially and socially, yet I felt completely empty. He felt hurt and angry, and we were stuck. We had support, but we didn't have the tools. And when I found the tools, it was so far gone. I had community, both men and women. I turned to to ask tough and intimate questions I had about if we were normal. He didn't. He didn't really reveal to people, particularly men, what our struggles were. And because of that, he not only felt let off the hook, but also deeply disempowered. When I turned to the elder men in our community on his behalf for help, I was met with an enormous amount of shaming and silence from the conscious community. I was encouraged by others, desperate to help our marriage, to take on lovers outside of our relationship just to keep the peace. Ultimately, I led the charge to end our 10-year relationship that heavily impacted both you and your sister. It didn't have to be, but I learned so much about what I needed to feel complete and whole within my marriage, and it wasn't just a savings account, a nice home, and cute children. I had a hunger for amazing intimacy, connection, and sex I found in many places. I do not want this struggle for you because whatever challenges you face in life, they could all be healed and healthy with the correct resources, but most importantly, a vulnerability to find the resources and to be met with love and acceptance. Sex and money are the top two reasons that people break up. I mean, you know, what she's talking about right there is the simple fact that the taboo is so strong in this country that even when people are ready to reach out for help, they're often met with shame and degradation or telling them, you don't need to fix what's going on. You just need to find outside lovers. And sure, for some people, that's absolutely the solution. Ethical non-monogamy can be beautiful, but it's not for everyone. Some people just want to fix their relationship. They just want to have a great sex life with the person they're married to or partnered with the person that they love. So again, that, that whole thing of thinking of that disconnect between us viewing our parents as sexual beings prevents us from asking questions about relationships 
prevents us from asking hard questions about intimacy and how things really work. We have to be able to find some elders who've been there, done that, and be able to have that open line of communication with people about what's going on in life. I mean, that's sort of why I have a job because I couldn't find resources when I needed it. I want to be a resource to people when they're struggling with these sorts of things. Okay, so how do we actually start talking about sex? It is sort of like ripping the Band-Aid off, especially the first time. The first time is always the most difficult conversation. It usually gets easier from there. One of my first tips I would say is to meet your partner where they are. I mean, if, if they're sort of shut down, you've got to do a little bit of opening up first. Like, for instance, do you even really talk? Do you talk about more than logistics? You know, there's a lot of people who fall into this rut. Plenty of couples out there only talk about the, the logistics in life. And otherwise, they're just like two ships passing in the night. So if you're on that level, I'm not even going to ask you to go talk about sex because if you can't talk about more than the weather or what the kids' schedules are like, you've got some work to do. Start off small. Ask questions. Pretend like this is a networking event and you're trying to get to know this person. Act like this person's a complete stranger and, and you're interviewing them, sort of. Get, it, get some sort of a game that helps you ask the other person questions. There's lots of table games out right now. Um, but perhaps just remove yourselves from your typical environment. If you normally sit uh, in your chairs at night, go sit outside on your patio or go for a walk. Go do something that's out of the ordinary and just have a conversation. Once you've started establishing that baseline, then you can get into the more awkward conversations like sex. <laughs> so if you've never talked about sex before with your partner or you rarely talk about it, I totally understand it's going to be awkward. I'm not going to pretend like it's not going to be. So just address the awkwardness. Call it out for what it is. Say like, you know, um, honey, I love you. And this conversation might be, okay, it will be awkward, but I feel like it's a really necessary conversation. And what I want to talk about tonight is our sex life. It's always vital to talk about your sex life when you are not having sex, you want to have it, and when you're just, you know, enjoying an, an evening together or an afternoon. Hell, do it in the morning when you're getting ready. I don't care when, just not during sex. There's really not going to be a great time to do it. Anytime's pretty much going to feel like you're springing it on them. So also don't focus too much on like making all the conditions right before you approach your partner. Stating your intent at the beginning and telling them what you want to talk about also clears their minds so they can actually listen. When we draw out what we're saying <laughs> and we kind of like, you know, skip around it, they're not really listening. They're just trying to figure out what you're about to say and their mind goes to all sorts of places. They start telling themselves stories. So be clear up front, address the awkwardness and say, I want to talk about sex. I think that there's something that we could do to make it even better. And that's the whole thing. The framing of it is important too. Be clear or vague. I don't care, but be honest. You don't have to come in with all of the answers or the solutions. Just saying something simple like, babe, we've been having really you know, good sex, but I think that we could have great sex. I think that there's things that both of us have wanted to try for a while, and I'd like to get a little bit more adventurous with you again. Is that something you'd be up for? 
you know, framing it that way, that's sort of the Esther Perel way. You know, you can't, you have to be really hospitable when you make this bid. You can't accuse your partner or belittle them or say, you never try to seduce me anymore. We don't ever go out on dates anymore. That's not effective. Esther Perel, my favorite sex therapist in the world, she talks about how that bid has to be very inviting. It has to be very warm and a kind of accommodating to your partner. Again, meeting them where they are and pulling them in towards you. Things like, I really miss having date nights. And I know right now is challenging, but could we possibly find a way to bring that back in in a more creative way? Because, you know, when we had date nights, we always had sex afterwards. And since those date nights have gone away, uh, we haven't really had much sex. Again, make it to where I would like to do something. Remember, you know, like call back old times. Make it fun. Make it warm. Make it really inviting for that person. <laughs> something I said a moment ago um, was about like the stories we start telling ourselves. That's a Brene Brown thing. You know, think about that. If you need to sort of use her version of the story I'm telling myself in order to communicate to your partner what it is you're feeling, for instance, the story I'm telling myself is you're not very interested in sex anymore because my body has changed and you're not very attracted to me or you know your body has changed and you're not feeling very attractive but I love you and I, I want to have sex but yeah this is sort of what I'm telling myself be open be vulnerable talk to your partner about what it is you've sort of convinced yourself of uh, what, what do you sort of tell yourself when you're making excuses for why you're not having sex or why the sex isn't the kind of sex you want to be having? That, that line, the story I'm telling myself is really, really powerful. Now, when you approach the situation and you want to talk about sex, sometimes partners can come in a little overzealous is how I'll put it. You've got to come in come in easy like like come in with ideas sure but present options don't get too carried away thing is sometimes partners come in and go like okay so I have this fantasy I've really been wanting to try out okay and I bought all the gear for it and it's in the other room but I haven't unpackaged it yet you're ready to try it out like that's too much it's way too much okay what you can do is say I've had this fantasy I've really been thinking about it I'd love to be able to fulfill it with you but I'd rather talk about it first and how it could play out and see if you're comfortable with it and how we can make it fun for both of us. Perhaps you need to read some books together or listen to some podcasts first. You need to do some research. Hop online and look at a website. Look at toys together. Let me know if it's a matter of needing to get back in tune with your body. Start looking at ethical porn like Erica Lust together. Or maybe she, the female partner, or if you're both female partners, maybe you need to look at OMG Yes and start learning how to experience your body and be able to communicate about how to share sexual experiences and deep intimacy with your partner that feel phenomenal. But you got to do a little exploration for that first. Again, I think it's cool to share fantasies, maybe even do a yes, no, maybe list. I've talked about that before on my show and I talk about those a lot with my clients. Yes, no, maybe lists can be really fun when you're not really sure where to start. That first conversation, you know, I want to have better sex or we could have even better sex. That's just the tip of the iceberg. After that, it's, it's gotta be continuous. 
I'm not saying every day or even every week, but check-ins should happen regularly. A yes, no, maybe list can be phenomenal for giving you sort of a resource guide of things to start exploring. And over time, you can see how much do your, your things change. Like does something go from being a hard no to being a maybe because suddenly you saw something or you heard about something, you read something in a erotic novel and suddenly your interest is peaked. Like, ooh, well, if it was played out that way, then yes, I would definitely love some bondage. Also, don't feel pressured to escalate things. Something that often worries people when they start sharing things about their, their fantasies and their desires is they think, well, what if I end up wanting like something more extreme or you know, what if I do this for my partner and all of a sudden they want to do something that's way more kinky than that and I'm just totally not into it. Just because you try something doesn't mean there's pressure to further escalate it. Like if you start with some light spanking, uh, that doesn't mean that suddenly they're going to get out like a book and beat the crap out of your butt until it's black and blue. Okay, again, this is all about talking about boundaries, what you consent to. Again, where do these things play out in a... a enthusiastic yes sort of scenario versus no versus maybe talk about all of these things before you get into starting something new and just keep talking keep sharing those fantasies be very clear about boundaries sometimes you don't know what your boundaries until you're in the situation that's okay have safe words or code words for hard stops it doesn't even matter if you're getting involved in something that's dangerous <laughs> It just like you could be in the middle of just having intercourse and a safe word can be a really good thing because if you, suddenly you're just feeling not quite right or again that you have decided like ah yeah this isn't right for me that boundary has been crossed having a safe word helps be able to de-escalate the situation uh, without necessarily taking you completely out of it unless you just feel like you need to absolutely stop because like it's just you know done and killed the mood but Again, the intent is to have that talk before you get into these situations so that hopefully you don't reach that point where you're feeling like, eh, this isn't for me. As with all things, simply keep an open mind and keep those lines of communication open. If you're wanting to open new doors to new fantasies and new erotic and intimate experiences, but you're not sure how to do it, reach out to me. I can help walk you through this entire process. This is something I love helping my clients with. A little bit of accountability piece from time to time about going home and having that conversation and then what you talk about and then actually implementing those things. But again, it's one of my favorite things to help people with. So if you feel like you'd like a little bit more support, reach out to me. Again, my email is kristen at openthedoorscoaching.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Talk to you later. Thanks for listening to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we discussed in the episode. You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, but visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my not safe for work email list called the Dirty Bird if you want more content about sex and relationships. You can support said content, like my work with this podcast and other forms of media, by visiting listener support with Anchor FM or visit patreon.com to become one of my patrons. Again, check the show notes. I have links for you there. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.